0: So it's rivalry week number one, USC versus UCLA. And I've got a question. Is it more fun when both teams are good and highly ranked when they play? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I want to thank everyone for coming along for the ride. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it already, give me a favor, hit that subscribe button. It means a lot. And to those of you who already have, thank you. All right. So this episode is brought to you today by Bet Online. Bet Online is your covered has you covered this season, with more with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay. So the answer to the question at the top of the show is false. No, it is not better. Let me tell you why. I mean, look, I get it uh, from a national exposure point of view. You know, you probably have ESPN and Fox playing a Rochambeau to, you know, kind of see who gets to host their show from the Rose Bowl. Uh, there's, you know, both teams highly ranked and a berth in their conference championship game on the line. There's playoff implications, two quarterbacks trying to, you know, secure an invite to New York for the Heisman. All that's true. You know, it's good for the perception of conference except for both schools are planning to leave the conference in uh, less than two years. So that's false. Um, And look, UCLA, the Bruins already pooped the bed, um, pooped in the woods. All right, you get the joke. Uh, They lost at home last week to Arizona. So uh, it, it kind of takes a little bit of luster off of this game from that perception point of view. Um, and look, when both teams are good, uh, USC's gonna typically they're always gonna recruit better than UCLA when it comes to football, and uh, lately in basketball, too, uh, they can hold their own, but um, you don't want UCLA doing so well in football that recruits start looking their direction, you know. Chip Kelly doesn't need any help, uh, he's you know, he's not great at recruiting. So <clears throat> if them if uh, if them winning and the byproduct is more players want to go to UCLA f- from the local areas as opposed to USC, uh, I don't think that's a good thing. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, I don't necessarily think that it's a – a good, strong UCLA in football is a good thing for us. For USC, um, and you know, and for me, you know, I get almost as much satisfaction uh, watching UCLA lose as much as I do from watching USC win. And I don't, you know what? And I don't care how that makes me look or sound. Um, I lived through an eight-game losing streak. So uh, my heart is hardened when it comes to UCLA. And I also got a personal issue uh, in my life that goes back to UCLA. Uh, She was a, uh, yeah, she was a Bruin and no. So I hate UCLA for many reasons, mostly uh, because of that eight game losing streak. And uh, there was just some losses involved during that time that just, again, Lots of scars, and uh, yeah, don't want to deal with that ever, 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 ever again. So, uh, so with that said, um, all that said, look, I can deal with the occasional UCLA team uh, that you know is highly ranked and has their high hopes, and they they plan on big things, only to have their those hopes and dreams crushed by USC. So that's fun too. I get that. I can deal with that every four or five years, but on a an annual basis, no, I don't. I don't prefer UCLA being highly ranked when USC is highly ranked and they're playing each other. Um, you know, if USC and UCLA were sticking around in the Pac-10, uh, maybe, maybe you can you can convince me to look the other way. But no, no, um, and you no. Know, There's the other side of the, there's two sides to a coin. Let's remember this. So while it's fun beating UCLA when they're highly ranked and USC is highly ranked, in the off chance that UCLA beats USC, um, those losses tend to hurt even more because now UCLA and their fans tend to want to build off of that momentum. And again, I talked about recruiting. you don't need that type of uh, momentum, karma, juju, evil forces lurking in the background. Um, with UCLA winning highly ranked against the uh, against a highly ranked USC team, and especially uh, coming off of last year's sixty-two to thirty-three win at the Coliseum. Now, granted, it was against a four eight USC team. So um, that would be another reason, you know, we, we don't want to make this nine and one USC all of a sudden look like a, one of those, ha ha, we got you moments where we ruined your season. Um, yeah, no. So 2022, it wouldn't be a good time, a good year for UC- UCLA to, to repeat and uh, to hold on to that victory bell, uh, especially since USC has that conference championship berth on the line, and you know there's a whole lot more staring USC in the face than that's staring UCLA in the face, so uh, yeah, it's a safe bet that uh, it's always better for USC to be highly ranked, and for UCLA just to kind of languish, just be average. They don't have to be great. They don't have to be terrible. Just be that seven, eight, nine-win team that uh, wants to play the spoiler. That that should be UCLA's role. They don't need to be hovering in the uh, in the top ten or, or higher. You know, top five, um, pushing USC for for the battle or the supremacy of Los Angeles. Uh, that's just don't need it. Not good. And uh, be, because it's 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 a safe bet. That you want uh USC to always be the highly ranked team and the UCLA to always be the team chasing. Um, you want to secure that. And, and the way to do, the way you secure that is by using Simply Safe. So did you know that over the holidays, uh, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? They do. That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering a 50% off. Their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. So, order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy the advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why uh, Did you know that Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report? Not just once, not just twice, but for the third year in a row. In an emergency, you get 24-7 professional monitoring agents that use Fast Protect. That's their trademark technology exclusively from Simply Safe. And it captures critical evidence and verifies the threat is real, is real, not Israel. So you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. You get high-definition security cameras for inside and out smarter ways to detect motion that alerts you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust the system settings wherever you're at. Don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system that I would recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com forward slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, so thanks again. Always thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen. Uh, for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with your local sports and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So here are the things. Look, as long as USC does the following things on both offense and defense, uh, they're going to win. They're going to beat UCLA. And I'm going to tell you how and why. Ready? So, first, if USC scores more points than UCLA, they're going to win. I know, right? Who the fuck it? Keep it simple, stupid. I, I think everybody uh, anticipates. You know, both teams are going to uh, have some big plays, and they're going to put up some points because defensively, both teams—that's uh, not their strong suit. So. Uh, It's really going to come down to who can limit the big plays. And if USC can uh, just win the turnover margin, they are at a plus 17 on the year. I believe they still lead the nation. UCLA is at a plus three. Um, If if USC is able to uh, win the turnover margin and convert those extra possessions into points, that should probably be enough separation uh, between the two teams and the defenses uh, that are, you know, well, their are liabilities uh, against the other team's strengths. Uh, USC's defense has been very opportunistic this year. So I, I hate to, you know, crack on them too hard and, and throw them, you know, throw too much shade at them. But uh, at the beginning of the year, they were very opportunistic creating a lot of turnovers. It slowed down a little bit on the back end here of the, of the season. They can make up for it here, <coughs> excuse me, against UCLA. As I said, they're only a plus three. Uh, so they don't you know, necessarily create a lot of turnovers. And um, DTR has Dorian Thompson-Robinson, their quarterback, has shown he'll, he'll turn the ball over under pressure. So uh, that would be a good start right there. Uh, for USC not to all of a sudden start turning the ball over. They haven't been doing it at all this year. Two interceptions. the second one happened last week um and they haven't fumbled the ball so just don't start now. I know it's a rivalry game and strange things happen uh, but let's let, let's let's make the uh, let's make this season an outlier where USc has no fumbles throughout the year. can you imagine? Only Two more games. Uh, hopefully, I'm not jinxing this. I'm knocking on wood, it's covered in glass, but I'm knocking on it. Um, secondly, uh, look, I just talked about the win of the turnover bottle, but also, uh, no stupid penalties. Let UCLA get the unsportsmanlike penalties, roughing the passer penalties. They're already going to be playing with some extra emotion, wanting to play the spoiler. Uh, they saw uh bigger dreams and things kind of those dreams were popped last week when they lost at home to arizona big smile on his face here like i said i get a lot of enjoyment out of that stuff um so don't allow the pac-12 officiating to play a role and if it does let them affect ucla just play smart disciplined football Uh, last week you, you had eight penalties but it wasn't really the officials who got involved. It was just more of USC doing untimely, dumb stuff. Uh, and again, against Colorado, you can get away with that. You, you can't get behind the sticks against UCLA. You don't want to be falling behind, you know, 7, 10, 14 points and trying to come back because UCLA can control the clock. Chip Kelly knows how to do that, uh, running the ball. And that is a strength um, of UCLA is running the ball, which leads me to... Number three, USC's defense is vulnerable against the run. And as I just mentioned, that's something UCLA does well with Zach Charbonnet. Um, he's going to get his yards. Um, so tackle him. Don't allow him to get the uh, extra, extra yards. He, I think he's only been tackled for a loss like three or four times this year, which is an amazing stat for a running back who touches the ball as frequently, as often as he does. Um so when I say don't allow him to get the extra extra yards, first contact, he's gonna fall forward and get a yard or two. Fine. Don't let those yard or two turn into five, six, seven yards. Um limit his productivity uh, because he's gonna get his. There's no doubt about you know, there's no doubt about that. Um also keep DTR from picking up yards with his feet. Uh look, if Arizona can do it. They did it last week. So can USC. As limited as they are um, with their speed on defense at the second level, first level, uh, I think they have enough if they play smart, gap, control uh, football on defense, stay in their lanes. Um, Again, he wants to get outside the pocket, but don't allow him to get the edge. And then start using his feet. That's when uh, he becomes very dangerous. Because when you make him throw, if you can contain him outside the pocket, uh, when he's under pressure, he um, he's not very he's not very accurate. We saw that last week, and he's shown it throughout his what five, six, seven, eight year career at USC. He finally got a win last year. Took him long enough, right? Um, nothing personal. It's UCLA week. Not a big fan. And uh, they did drop 62 points on USC last year. So still a little bitter face here. Anyways, um, so as I said, uh, limit contain their run game. If Arizona can do it, uh, USC should be able to as well. Uh, Will Eric Gentry be available? If he can, I think that's a big, big positive for USC's defense. Um, number four, look, uh, UCLA, we know that USC is terrible. Well, I should say terrible. Their weakness on defense is ways more against the run than it does against the pass. UCLA, um, they suck against against the pass. I'm sorry, got to get that in there. Um, but if Caleb Williams and the USC wide receivers – they should have an advantage against UCLA, uh, especially if Mario Williams is back and Jordan Addison is more ready to go than he was uh, last week. Um, if those two are, are, are good to go and, and Caleb Williams is ready to play from the beginning of the game, he's in sync, he's not missing on his throws, This could be a really long night for UCLA and their defense. Uh, especially if he continues to use the running backs out of the backfield, which we saw him do more uh, last week. Uh, Austin, Austin Jones actually led the team with four receptions. <laughs> uh, Rayleigh Brown showed what he can do in open space. That will be a key, get him out in open space. Uh, and uh, also, you know, pass protect. Don't allow UCLA's defense to uh, to start, you know, getting to Caleb and putting him under pressure. Caleb can handle his own, but it would be better if the offensive line um, can just keep his uniform clean. You know what? Um, and as far as Caleb is concerned, him specifically, he just needs to be... Less aggressive downfield, I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, Don't don't make those unnecessary deep throws when you can take what's underneath using the running backs out of the backfield. Um, Or you know if they're playing if UCLA is throwing out a soft zone, dropping guys into coverage, and you need just to get the first down and keep drives extended, pick up the first down with your feet. Start all over again. First down, now you can start looking big play again. Not everything has to be downfield is what I'm trying to say. USC does all that on offense, on defense, and their special teams doesn't give up any big plays. Uh, Hopefully, well, I shouldn't say hopefully. Uh, If Kazimir Allen is healthy and ready to go for UCLA, uh, last year he busted a 100-yard touchdown return. Can't let that happen this year. So if that means kicking the ball out, either kick the ball through the back of the end zone or just kick it out of bounds and let them start at the 35 if you're not going to have good coverage. Let's just take it off the board, focus on offense and defense if special teams isn't going to be prepared to play. Uh, Because I think UCLA has the advantage, although, you know, maybe Rayleigh Brown breaks one. Who knows? It's a rivalry game. Stuff happens. <clears throat> I would prefer it happening for USC and not for UCLA. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, again, USC does all that. I don't think it's going to be a, a two or three point score. I believe USC is a two and a half point favorite, depending on which book you're look, sports book you're looking at. Um, so you can bet online. You can head on over to Bet Online. You can check out what they have. To see what USC is favorite as, because BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional sports and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Uh, they've got it all covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find them at you can find those over there at BetOnline as well. We're always uh, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So which games uh, do you remember <clears throat> as a USC fan from a winning perspective as well as from the other side of the ledger? those games that you uh USC lost to UCLA. <sighs> yeah, well, all right. So I'm gonna pick a few from each. You can uh comment on YouTube, leave your comments there, chime in, let me know. Also, don't forget we've got a uh, thing going on over there. We rsc.com. We still got the $10 special. Check it out. Flash sale. You sign up, you get all that VIP subscription. Uh, content through October, excuse me, August 31st, 2023, all the way through Volcan. But here on Locked on USC, your first lesson. this is what you're going to get for free. Uh, my memories, the good and the bad, which we start with. Huh. Let's start with the bad and we'll end with the good. Just because we're going to, we always want to end on a positive. So as far as the games that really stick out in my mind, uh, every single one of those uh, eight games that USC lost in a row in the 90s, uh, you can mention Cade McNown's name and I Want to Vomit, just like he did on the football field. That, that, that was a really rough time for USC football. There were games where you thought, all right, they're, they're going to finally break through, and it just it never happened the strange things would happen. R.J. Sauer had a monster game as a freshman. UCLA won. Um, I mentioned Kate McNown's name. How about, uh, here's a name. John Barnes, 1992. So, this guy was a walk-on. Literally, just a no-name walk-on. He came from the University of California, Santa Barbara. Their football program got disbanded because, lower level nonetheless, nobody went to watch them play football. They, there was no financing. They just said, we're out of here, no more football. John Barnes walks on at UCLA. USC had a 21.4th quarter lead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What's that sink in? USC lost 38 to 37. And this happened at the Rose Bowl. And uh, the guy threw for what? 385 yards. I mean, if he never does anything more again in his life, he will always have that. And I'm sure the young man, John, he's an old man now, uh, closer to my age, uh, has gone on to do some really good things in his life professionally. Uh, Nevertheless, um I curse you, John Barnes. I hated you that day. To this day, that game bothers me probably almost as much as thirteen nine. I mean, really? Nine points USC was able to score? Nine points. That that was supposed to be the easiest game. At the end of the year, USC had a four-game stretch at the end against ranked teams, or UCLA wasn't very good that year. Like, all right, you get to UCLA, you get past them, you know, walk in for another opportunity to win another national championship. And (laughs) look, I I don't want to say a whole lot about this game other than, uh, again, they can only score nine points. And then when they were actually driving they actually had something working a little bit on offense for that winning score. All of a sudden, Eric McNeil reaches out like Satan from the bottom of the depths of earth, tips the ball, intercepts it with a freaky play, and it's a uh, game over. No suit for you. And um, you hate to say you say it's subtle for the Rose Bowl but they went on to play, uh, what was it, Uh, Illinois, a three-loss Illinois team in the Rose Bowl. Um, USC won, which, you know, silver lining, but that loss to UCLA um, kept USC out of another national championship opportunity. And then, obviously, last year, uh, (laughs) whoo, USC... Gave up 62 points at home. They scored 33. DTR ran, or not ran. He, he had 349 yards, four touchdowns. He ran for another two. At one point, he's freaking autographing USC jerseys after scoring a touchdown during a game. I mean, there was just so much salt in the wound. Uh, they were just enjoying USC's four and eighth season way too much so um <laughs> yeah all that was just a look i'm sure you guys have your own memories those are the ones that really stick out for me so let's get to the good let's wash that taste out of the mouth because uh those games suck just like ucla ucla always sucks but those games in particular. First, really big game, winning game moment for me as a as a USC fan. Um, it, you know, I remember watching USC when I was a was a youngster, seven years old. Ricky Bell caught my eye. Uh, traveler, that was back in nineteen seventy four when I was seven. I wasn't old enough to appreciate what was going on, um, but I, I have you know memories. But I vividly remember nineteen seventy seven. And Frank Jordan's game-winning field goal to the UCLA, not bad, right? <clears throat> Anytime you can walk off the field uh, with a uh, the game-winning kick, because look, let's say special teams guys—they don't get love and when they do do it, you you want to you want to give them that 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 special moment, and, and Frank Jordan will have that. Uh, Two thousand one was pretty special. Uh, 27 and nothing shut out. It was the beginning of the Pete Carroll uh, dynasty. The era had, had already started early in that year, but USC got off to a rough start that year. They, they I think, went 1-5. They had to uh, win their last five games of the year just to become bowl eligible. And they they kept that uh, eligibility off by beating UCLA. 27 to nothing. But the best part of that game uh, was Antoine Simmons. Antoine Simmons. He this is a young man who literally almost died um, on the operating table. He had he had a really large tumor. They had to go in and do emergency surgery. He's he's really fortunate to be alive. Anyways, he did all the rehab, he worked himself back onto the field. And he had one of the greatest pick-sixes you'll ever see, ever. ESPN even made it their top play. of top, It made the top ten, and it was the number one play of the year. Uh, ball went off of Brian Poley dixons hands. And Poley dixon thought the play was dead. He thought maybe the ball hit the ground. Well, uh, Simmons corralled the ball between his legs and uh, high-stepped it back into the end zone for a touchdown pick-six. USC one twenty-seven nothing, And as you know, the following year, USC went to the Orange Bowl, and <laughs> USC really took off. Uh, and then I got two, these two games tied for me as great memories. Uh, 2011, 50 shut shutout. Can't go wrong there. And 2009. Yeah. So... This is when Skippy, Rick Neuheisel, decided to call a timeout. Game was over. Uh, But he, for whatever reason, thought it wasn't over and wanted to get the ball back, score, and then, you know, try and do an onside kick, recover, whatever. Dude had a pipe dream. Well, he called the timeout. Pete Carroll, they dialed it up. Matt Barkley went deep to Damian Williams. Touchdown. The two teams start uh, John each other. UCLA, they ca- they start approaching half feet, you know, uh, uh, midfield, and USC. They're dancing on the sideline. No brawl ensued, but it was close. And that's what you want in a in a rivalry, right? You want hate, you want animosity, and uh, look, next time don't call a timeout, and we won't go deep. So those are the good and the bad. The good's always better. It's rivalry week. USC versus UCLA. Locked on USC is going to be back for another episode tomorrow. Thanks again for making Locked on USC your first listen today. Until our next episode, everyone, you know what to do.